Hello and welcome to Elevate Music Business. I'm Antonia K. Moore and thank you so much for checking out my podcast this week. I'm going to try and bring you podcast every week or at the very least every two weeks. As last year I didn't do very many podcasts so I am now aiming to actually do a lot more. So do join me on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis for um, each and every podcast and I'm also going to actually add in a brand new section to the podcast as well. So decided as and from this podcast going forward that I'm going to add in a little bit of a a new section. So things that have been happening in the music industry, in the music business, in the music world in the past week or two. So um, if you think it's a good idea, let me know. You can always get in touch via Instagram, elevatemusicbusiness.com. Or sorry, that's actually the website, but on Instagram as well, at Elevate Music Business. And do do me a favor and head over to my Instagram at Elevate Music Business and give us a follow. Because I was previously using my own personal account at Antonia K. Moore on Instagram, but I've set up a brand new um, Instagram at Elevate Music Business. So 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 show us some love and head over to that account on Instagram and give us a follow. But also you can DM me there as well if you have any questions you would like to hear in the podcast, anything you'd like me to talk about, any particular topics in the music industry. Also as well, I'll be up for doing a live coaching call if you're interested in that as well. Again, DM me and I can get in touch with you. We can schedule a time and we can actually do a live coaching call right here on the podcast for the podcast for the show. And that would be great for any other any other musicians that are out there that are just probably having the exact same problems that you are having when it comes to the music industry and their music business and creating music and getting out there getting their music heard it isn't as easy as it used to be in fact actually to be honest it was never particularly easy it's actually probably easier now than before given social media and all of the different um, technologies that we have now at the same time too it does take a hell of a lot of perseverance a hell of a lot of energy and a hell of a lot of consistency. So if you're struggling with any particular aspect in your career in the music industry, in the music business, do let me know and maybe we can hop on a coaching call and we can put it live on the podcast and therefore anybody that might be having the exact same problems or struggles as you then can hopefully benefit from that as well. So do let me know if you think that the uh, the new segment in this podcast is a good idea or a bad idea. I'd love to hear your feedback. So I do have a good bit of news that I'm going to dive into in a moment and also then I'm going to actually talk about how I actually got my own debut song, debut single on local, national and international radio play. So hopefully you can pick up some tips from that as well. So let's dive in. So on this week's news, or well, news that has happened over the last couple of weeks, you may have already heard, Burt Bacharach has uh, died at 94 years of age, which is a pretty good age to be fair. But he has created some absolutely amazing hits for the likes of Dusty Springfield, Tom Jones, Deanne Warwick, among many others, as well as numerous movie themes as well including the famous Say Little Prayer and The Look of Love as well and Walk On By or some of the other tracks that he's done. I would definitely suggest and uh, encourage you to check out his uh, repertoire, go back to his back catalogue. Burt Bacharach is absolutely, he's really done some amazing songs. And I suppose it kind of came from an era as well, like back in the day, the 50s, the 60s, where you were hired as an artist if you could compose music and you could write lyrics. You were hired just to just like as a nine to five job to literally just create music for other artists. So he would go into this building in New York every day, Monday to Friday, nine to five, and he would just go in and create music. 
And oh my God, did he create some amazing, amazing classic, which is amazing tunes that are just absolutely timeless. So I would definitely go and check out his back catalogs. You might get some inspiration. The music was, a lot of it were love songs, but they were quite simple. And just the melody as well. The melody was quite poetic and the lyrics were quite simple. And it was all sort of quite emotionally based around love. So maybe you might get some inspiration. So check back to Burt Bacharach. You could probably check him out, obviously, on Spotify, YouTube or wherever else. So moving along then to Michael Jackson. So Michael Jackson's recorded music catalogue is one of the most lucrative in history, as you can imagine. His 1982 album Thriller alone is one of the two biggest sellers of all time and was the first album to be certified 30 times platinum. That's insane. The Michael Jackson estate is in the process of selling off half of its assets and interests in the singer's, of the singer's music catalogue in a deal that is worth 800 to 900 million. Insane. Sony and a possible financial partner are negotiating to acquire 50% of the estate's interests in Jackson's publishing, record music revenues and the MJ uh, musical, a Broadway show, plus also the upcoming biopic Michael and possibly some more assets. So this package would be one of the biggest deals to date. Could you imagine that is one of the... I mean, Bruce Springsteen actually sold his back catalogue for 250 million. Justin Bieber recently sold his catalogue for 200 million. So MJ's is worth 800 to 900 million. That is crazy. So also the winners of the Producer of the Year and Songwriter of the Year at the 2003 Brit Awards have been revealed. The 23 Producer of the Year Award goes to David Guetta, yet of course, with the Songwriter of the Year Award going to Kit Harpoon who co-wrote and co-produced uh, Harry Styles' album, Harry's House. So there you go. And in more news as well, which is actually kind of a bit more interesting and something that also as well as a musician that we should all kind of try and really get 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 a foot in the door with right now, because now is like the, the, the prime time to get involved in the, the Web.3. So Napster actually has acquired NFT marketplace Mint Songs following its wind down in late 2022. Mint's, Mint Songs is an NFT marketplace that helps artists build a Web3 community around their music and provides exclusive art for their fans to trade. The CEO of Napster was quoted as saying, We are in an unprecedented era of innovation in the digital music space and it feels like there have been more music startups formed in the last two years than the past 20 years. It's inspiring to see so many talented teams pushing to create a music ecosystem that is better for artists and fans. He continues, Garrett and team have, Garrett is actually the CEO of Mint, Mint Songs. So Garrett and their team have done groundbreaking work helping thousands of artists get their start in Web3, reach their fans in a new creative ways through collectibles and unlock significant new revenue streams. He went on to say, we feel that the natural step, the next step for Napster's service is to include collectibles that fans can get rewards on that are engaging with other artists as well as engaging with their fans and that they can purchase and collect in store. So we have already hundreds of thousands of um, artist storefronts where our fans go to listen to music every day to add, add collectibles. Hmm, okay. So basically, if you want to get into Web.3, you need to just create a storefront and have your music in there and just create NFTs, which are collectibles. 
So basically, again, like I did podcasts before on NFTs, they are pretty much what you get if you're if you're if you're aware about gaming or into gaming at all. But in gaming, you can get like sort of in-game purchases. So you can get your avatar to buy, let's say, a pair of shoes or a jacket or whatever. That's an NFT. NFT can be art that you can actually have on your computer, digital art, or it can be something that you can actually just buy in Web.3. So you could have your storefront where you would have your, your music, you would have yourself as your avatar, and you would have different things that you can buy with your maybe brand, your name, your logo or song lyrics or whatever. It's like basically selling merch, pretty much selling digital merch. So if you're interested in doing that, I would suggest checking out Web.3. There's different ones such as uh, Decentraland and Sandbox. I went on Decentraland myself quite a while back and haven't actually gone on it in a good while, a good number of months. But the um, thing about it is too, is that it doesn't necessarily work great on any regular computer. You would need to kind of eventually, if you're going to be on it a while, you're going to be doing a lot. You would need to eventually upgrade to a, a gaming computer because it has faster RAM and it's got better capacity for load time and things like that. But I suggest checking that out because it does seem to be where uh, music is obviously going. So in more MJ news, unreleased Michael Jackson content was stolen along with a laptop and hard drive recently. Around 50 gigabytes of unreleased Michael Jackson content, including unreleased songs, have leaked after a laptop and hard drive belonging to MJ's engineer, Rand Sunderberg, was stolen at a seminar in January. Kirko, uh, a Twitter account that tracks music leaks, was the first to break the news, calling the incident one of the wildest music leaks in years. Apparently the guy who stole the laptop escaped by jumping out of a window, which is crazy. The account shares that MJ's engineer, Brand Sunderberg, spent nearly two decades working with Michael Jackson, joining the legendary performer's team in 1985. Sunderberg was actively involved in the studio production of four Michael Jackson albums, Band, Dangerous History and Blood on the Dance Floor. These days, Brad runs his own studio. It's called In the Studio with MJ, which is a website, and I think it's in the studio with MJ.com. It's a website and interactive space dedicated to his experiences in music and with the Michael Jackson Studio production team. Sunderberg shared a video with the Kroko account discussing the theft. So you can head over to the Kroko K or K-U-R-R-C-O account on Twitter and you can check out the video there of uh, Michael Jackson's engineer talking about the um, the theft in the seminar with the guy jumping out the window. <laughs> I mean, could you make it more obvious? And actually the article that I read in New Music Week did go on to say as well that they actually know who it is and they're currently talking with the police like, to try and uh, get the get the, <laughs> get the the uh, laptop back. I mean, that's just, I mean, jumping out of windows and exactly the most inconspicuous moves when you're trying to escape from something. But anyway, TikTok also has partnered with Snoop Dogg and Death Row Records to bring the records labels catalog to TikTok through the independent distributor platform SoundOn. So according to TikTok, starting this week, or this past Sunday, sorry, February the 12th, and continuing for the rest of the week, the Death Row catalog is available to stream exclusively on TikTok. Snoop Dogg said, Since I took Death Row off streaming almost a year ago, not a day goes by without people saying to put it back on. Hmm, that's going to be interesting, so you're going to have to check that out on TikTok. If you're on TikTok, check out my podcast from last week. The previous podcast is different uh, tips on TikTok and how to promote yourself on TikTok and tips for musicians on TikTok, so check it out. Also as well, David Guetta, you probably may have heard yourself if you're on social, might have come across this video where he created a rave hit featuring AI-generated Eminem rap-alike. He's actually facing a lot of backlash over using AI. 
and he says it's the future of music, like every other new tool. So David Guetta is quoted as saying, I'm sure the music, I'm sure the future of music is AI, for sure. Nothing is going to replace taste, he continues. What defines an artist is you have a certain taste, you have a certain type of emotion you want to express, and also that you're going to use all of the modern instruments to do that. So Guetta compares the use of AI to past music revelation, like the electric guitar, for example. He says, probably there wouldn't be rock and roll if there wasn't an electric guitar. Also, there wouldn't be um, Acid House without the Roland TB303 bass synthesizer or the Roland TR909 drum machine. There would be no hip hop without a sampler. And I think AA might, might really define new musical styles. I believe that every new music style comes with a new technology. That is fair enough. So finally as well in this week's music news, Deezer says Rihanna saw the biggest exposure boost after Super Bowl since 2018. In New Music Week, it wrote, Deezer analyzed its music streaming data from 2019 to 2022 to find that Super Bowl performers on average receive a 42% boost in the week following the game. Dr. Dre scored the highest streaming increase in that past game week, seeing an increase of 85%, an 85% boost for the week after his 22 performance. J-Lo saw a 58% boost in 2019, while Snoop Dogg saw a boost of 51%. So how did Rihanna fare compared to these historical numbers? Well, Deezer reckons in the week leading up to the big day of the Super Bowl, Rihanna saw a massive boost of 234% in streams from the US on average, 164% globally. That is insane. Compared to 51% for Snoop Dogg, 58% for J-Lo, and 42% for Dr. Dre, 234% is pretty insane. So that is what I put together for you in this week's music news. So do let me know. I think it's just kind of like a good roundup because it is, there's so much that goes on in the music business and the music business world that it's hard to keep up with everything. So these are just kind of like little fun facts of what is actually happening at the moment. And I do agree actually with David Getter that AI seems to really have like, you know, come in strong commercially in mainstream ways all of a sudden. So you obviously heard about ChatGPT, which you're going to do podcast on that as well. And there are lots of other different tools out there that you can literally just you just have to talk into a platform like a particular couple was called like a particular software platform that you can just talk into and it gets the resonance of your voice it gets the the sound of your voice and the way you speak and everything else and you can turn that into a song and it sounds exactly like it sounds pretty good to be honest that's pretty much exactly like your voice also as well you can do that for podcasts which is pretty lazy but also quite handy and uh, you can just do some awesome sound recording as well like music recording you can literally just do any little sample put it in and then, like just type in what you want but you can literally just type in exactly the kind of sound you're looking for you can type in how many beats you're looking for all of that and i will just put it together for you in a matter of minutes and then with your own uh, recorded vocals over that i mean you've got a, a track there which can be done in about 10 minutes if not less which is absolutely insane. But so right, I'm gonna dive into now how I got my debut single on local, national and international radio play. And hopefully you can too. And you might've heard me say this on my previous social media, my previous podcast as well. It's all down to building those relationships. If you hit somebody cold with, this is my new track, please play it. They're gonna be like, who are you? What, why, where, when, and no. So literally the best thing to do is like, you need to be 
getting on different platforms and finding out where you got to really kind of think about exactly where what stations play your type of music so if you just like literally put your next track out to or your next album out to every single radio station that you possibly know and it's like copy and paste everything it's going to be messy it's not going to be genuine it's not going to be sincere and they're going to pick up on that lack of professionalism as well so what you need to do is you need to just pick out a few different stations that your music would suit and then pick out which different shows your music gets played on and then find out the DJ of that show and then start building a relationship with them. Now it's easier than you think. It's not about like phoning them up or sending them an email or literally texting them or like stalking them or anything else. You can build a relationship with them online and usually media people hang out in Twitter. It's more in real time. So if you put a bit, like most DJs use Twitter because like if they're playing a track, if they've got an interview on a show, they all say coming up on the show, we've got this interview with, they're playing the next track of. And so it's quicker and it's easier to get out there. So literally on Twitter, you don't necessarily have to have like a ton of followers on Twitter because it really is mainly for media people more than it is for artists. So I would suggest going on Twitter, finding out exactly the different DJs that you want your music played on their shows. So find out who they are and just hit the bell notification on Twitter after following them and then you will be notified every time they put up a tweet and every time they put up a tweet you just like hop on and you either share it you can repost it you can like it you can comment on it you can whatever you can even like write a different comment or write a a post yourself and mentioning what they've spoke about and just go at that certain DJ so it's literally all about just engaging with them online Because once you engage them online, over time, they'll know who you are because you're going to be a regular, obviously, posting and interacting with them on Twitter. You can send them emails, of course, as well. But like with Twitter, they're going to see that, yeah, you're regular. And after a while of them seeing you continuously liking their stuff, sharing their stuff, commenting on their stuff, they're going to start maybe liking your stuff. They're going to start like maybe following you back and they're going to maybe they're going to acknowledge you for sure. I mean, obviously, if they have millions and millions of followers, they have millions and millions of tweets. It's going to literally probably take a lot more a lot more time, a lot longer to actually kind of get not- noticed by them. But at the end of the day, if you actually just put the effort in and put the time in, and every single time you get a notification on Twitter that they've posted, just hop on. It doesn't take you two seconds. Literally, you can just heart it. You don't even have to be get into a big comment about it. You can literally just like it and hop off again. It takes literally two seconds. And then with email, you can just send them your stuff via email or even just send them nothing. Even just send them an email just saying, I just listened to the show. I loved these couple of tracks you played. They were really good. I really enjoyed it. Keep up the good work. It just gives them a little pep in their step. It gives them a little a little inkling. It gives them a little, you know, boost of energy. It just gives them a little something. Gives them, makes them happy for a whole hot minute. So literally what you have to do is just send them an email every now and again, probably once a month, once every couple of months or once every few weeks or whenever. Just kind of saying, I like your work. Keep it up. It really does encourage them. So then when you have an album or when you have a track to promote or whatnot, you can get onto them and say, listen, I've been listening to your show. I've, I've you know, emailed you a few times praising your show and praising the kind of music you have. I think my music would be just perfect for this um, show. And uh, it's the kind of music you play. Very similar to blah, 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 X, Y and Z artists that you have on your show. Now, some people kind of say like that their music is for when you ask an, an artist a lot of the times, if I was to ask you, what's your music? Who's your music like? Sometimes artists say, oh, it's not like anybody else's. It's, it's unique. It's mine. 
there's a reason why genres are called genres. It's because your music does fit into a genre. So if you can really hone down who your music sounds like and then who hone down like the second person it sounds like and then the third person. It's really like your 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 main genre and then your sub-genre and then your micro-genre. If you can kind of get those down, that'd be perfect because then you're able to like literally get onto different radio stations. You're able to get onto, you know, different bloggers, everybody that talks about or plays your style of music in your particular genre, micro-genre, sub-genre, or even your main genre is absolutely the main thing because that will totally go to show that where your music fits and that is the absolute main thing. So that is pretty much how I actually got my music played, my debut single on local, national and international radio plays because it built relationships with people. There's a, like, I mean, when I talk internationally, I didn't actually go as far as the US, but I did get it played in the UK. And so it was because I went to an event, got talking to people and literally uh, just kind of kept in contact with them just over literally Instagram. And they then played my music for me, which was really, really cool. Same thing with on 2FM. And same thing on 96FM, which is a local station in Cork. And then uh, 2FM is a national station in Ireland. They play my music because, again, I kind of had that, I built that relationship with them purely on the basis of like going, being online and being in the music industry. And also from going to different events over time, like there was a few different conferences. There's conferences, music business conferences in Dublin. There was a music business conference in Cork. But going to these, you have your, your, your faces out there. They get to see who you are get to network and as well I got it um, as well reviewed in the Times which is a, a big paper here in Ireland as well which the, 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 there's a Times everywhere pretty much but I did not review it in the Times Tony Clayton Lee he shared it and he wrote a thing he listened to it and I did write a thing about it on his Twitter which was absolutely amazing so that was really really cool so it's literally about building those relationships and it's about communicating with these people letting them know that you exist and you letting them know that you exist in a sound way as well like not harassing them or blackmailing them into playing your music by but but by literally just being on in the on the same page, being in the same sort of mindset as them, which is you love music. That is pretty much their mindset. It's like that you're all part of the musical community together. So literally by um developing that relationship, you help each other out. Because particularly in Ireland it is quite small. But I mean if you're in anywhere in the US, I'm sure you could do it like maybe city by city or state by state. Because in every single city, there is a community of artists and there's that part of that community are musicians. And those musicians of a particular city, I can guarantee you it's a small community. I mean, if you're to talk about like globally, then it's massive. If you're to talk about a country, then it's massive. If you talk about maybe city by city, in that particular city, if you get in with the community of artists and musicians there, promise you it's small and therefore you will actually you'll do you'll, you'll build up your your traction and you'll actually build up your you'll build up notoriety a lot faster with a smaller community by building up notoriety in a small community then it only expands so you're better off starting small and then growing big whether if you're trying to like get your music out to absolutely everybody then it's just going to it's just going to disperse everywhere and it's just going to go nowhere but if you really hone down on exactly who you want to listen to your music and you really want to get into that community going to grow a lot lot faster and really really build it in that community to the extent where it can't go anywhere only out and only expand so i hope that helps a little bit another thing as well actually that i wanted to mention today is a little hack that i do to get rid of negative thoughts 
because we all have them, let's face it, some more than others. But I mean, luckily, I do find that my mind is pretty balanced. I don't suffer from sort of anxiety or depression or anything like that, like touch, touch wood. But I know it's a huge thing with uh, a lot, a lot of people. And depression is really like a, a depression. It's like you're oppressing yourself. So I think by expressing yourself, be that through music or whatever you love, you actually go against depression. So I think that a lot of people just need to express themselves in whatever creative way, shape or form that they wish. So regardless of such, you still will have negative thoughts coming into your mind. Particularly if you're an artist, maybe you might be a case of that, like you're, you're just doubting yourself, you're doubting your music, you're doubting your talent, you're doubting like your potential success. Maybe you're, whatever it is, like you've just got like these negative thoughts coming into your mind, you're doubting like you're going to do well in performance, or maybe you're, you're, you're thinking negatively about going on stage. So there's so many books out there on, you know, self-development and so many different podcasts and so many different YouTube videos and whatnot talking about getting rid of negative thinking. It's like, get rid of negative thinking. You need to like focus on the positive thinking process and you need to do this and you need to do that. But like, it does not tell you how to actually get rid of negative thoughts. It just says you need to get rid of them, but doesn't say how. So a little hack that I've come up with, and I said this to a friend of mine, who by, by well, not, not really by coincidence, but like just happens to be an actual, she has a doctorate in neuroscience. Now she's trained, changed careers more recently, but she's actually got a doctorate in neuroscience. And I said to her this little hack recently, because she was saying to me that like, oh my God, that her mind is chaotic. And I was like, yeah, a lot of people's minds can be, they can run amok. But if you control your mind and just try and reel it in, it's like a muscle. You can just train it to do whatever you want it to do. So, because, I mean, I'm really, really organized and very, very tidy and really, really neat. Whether she's the opposite, she's just, her place would be really messy and stuff everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And the reason why we're talking about that is because we were talking about how she's now doing up her her, her flat she's actually going to be she's painting it at the minute so we got into conversation about like what she's going to do with this and da, 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 da. and she's like saying oh that like I really need to like tidy it and like that like she and then she was going into like how I was like well why don't you just kind of have a place for everything and everything in its place pretty much and she was kind of saying oh my mind is chaotic and it's just like with work and then this and that and just throws things whatever and deals with it later well and that's when I kind of was saying well this is all about controlling your mind just con- controlling your thoughts and if you do that on a regular basis and you do it um, frequently, then your mind is like a muscle, you train it. But anyway, so getting rid of negative thoughts, I said that, well, when, say you have a negative thought coming into your mind and obviously you're, you're, you're like, you, you can have the choice, you have the option in your mind of like going with that negative thought and it's spiraling, which is why where a chaotic mind comes into things because you just allow your mind to spiral into like further thoughts and then it goes into this and it just it, it just goes mental it literally is obviously mental like it just goes to it goes into chaos but if you reel that back in and just when you have a negative thought what i do my hack is push it to the back of your mind and then put just a giant a giant x through it so it's like eh, eh, and then just move on and i mean it takes a little bit of practice but after a while if i have a negative thought that comes into my mind i just go oh i don't want that negative thought in my mind but I push it back to the back of my mind and then put a big red X through it. So my mind is kind of going, no. And that actually works for me. And I told my friend that, who's the doctor in neuroscience, and she was like, oh my God, that actually is a really bloody good idea. 
because she was saying as I was just mentioning that yeah there's so many different people out there and I mean this is a doctor in neuroscience because she's even saying that like there's so many things out there to say like that you need to get rid of your negative thoughts but there's nothing to say how so that's a theory that's that that that's a, a practice that I use anyway and I find that it does work so that's just a little hack I hope that helps in maybe getting rid of like negative thoughts if you're having sort of any because like the mind is I mean I've done um, a certificate in neurolinguistic programming so the mind is absolutely amazing it does actually work to your benefit for whatever you want in life and I've actually noticed as well that one of my previous podcasts when I think about two years ago I did a podcast for motivation and it's it's a hypnosis podcast that has actually had the most streams out of all the other podcasts I've done so clearly I need to be doing more of that so I'm actually going to do a brand new refreshed good hypnosis recording and if you actually want any particular hypnosis recording whether it is for motivation whether it is for success whether it is for energy drive and again I suppose that's motivation if it is for whatever whatever you want to do a hypnosis recording for do hit me up on the DMs in Instagram at Elevate Music Business and as I mentioned earlier on give us a follow it's a brand new account there's only a few different followers there's only about 50 followers there so far because it's so new so literally head over there give us some love show us some love and give us a follow and you can also dm me as well as i mentioned if you have any questions but also if you want to if you want any particular hypnosis recording and also let me know what you think of the the music or the 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 music news segment if you think i should keep it in there just to kind of do a little recap on some things that have happened to the music industry like over the past week or so or should i just get rid of it what do you think So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today as I hope that you have picked up a couple of different tips and tricks from this podcast and do feel free as well. You can reach me hello at elevatemusicbusiness.com and you can check out my website as well. And next week on the show, I'll be interviewing Stephen O'Regan, founder of Balcony TV. So you can look forward to that. Plus, I will have another podcast interview with a music business accountant who advises musicians on how to manage their money and recently wrote the book Dream Like an Artist, Think Like an Accountant. Stephen Pell will be with me in the podcast as well in the coming weeks. Also, if you are an artist and you would like your music on the brand new Elevate Music Business Spotify playlist, then send your submissions to hello at elevatemusicbusiness.com. Thank you.